Welcome back in, everyone, to another week of the Buffalo Bills season and another episode of the Bills Beat and another episode where we are going to talk about the player that most likely you do not want to hear is starting. That would be none other than Nathan Peterman, the Peterman, if you will. He will be making his second start of the 2018 season and this one was not by design, as the first one was. He will be in because Josh Allen still cannot play. Derek Anderson, through Thursday, still has not practiced and is still in concussion protocol, which makes it incredibly unlikely for him to play on, on Sunday. So I would argue it would be borderline cruel to play him. Yes. The so man it's did Peterman. not come out of retirement for this. No. It's Peterman against the Chicago Bears, who... Might be without Khalil Mack, and even if they aren't, they still have a pretty good front seven. So, I know the majority of you are thinking to yourselves, oh God, do I really have to watch? Do I have to put myself through that? But, Nathan Peterman, at least for my money, Matthew, at least makes this game somewhat interesting. Because... We've seen we've seen him at the when he came in cold in the Houston game. He actually put together a drive, put together a a uh, a touchdown, which is a rarity for the Buffalo Bills in the month of October. He did that, and he was the last person to throw a touchdown pass in a Bills uniform. And then he blew up. <laughs> so there's the there's the factor of okay, this guy might actually show some things and then he might also just absolutely implode which is makes it way more interesting than what you're going to get out of a Derek Anderson led team which is probably two to three turnovers and anywhere from nine to 13 points and if you're lucky and there you go that's that's the game but I think neither of those things is nearly as interesting as a Matt Barkley led Buffalo Bills offense. I would tend to agree on three which practices. Is, which is a possibility. As I said when Derek Anderson went in to start, you know, he's 35 years old. He's one hit away from Nathan Peterman being back in the lineup. Well, now we have a scenario where Matt Barkley is one hit away from being a starting quarterback, and he has quite the interception percentage on his record. I believe it's 8 to 18. 8 to 18, but his I I would have to look up his exact percentage, but it's I mean Peterman's is one of the worst in the modern era, which mm-hmm. that's the silver lining. Well, maybe is <laughs> the more passes he throws that will go down. Yes. Unless some of those passes are picked off, Correct. then it will go yes. up. Yes. But Barkley's is really bad too. And Barkley it was funny talking to him yesterday. Did not sound particularly confident that he would like have his head around this playbook hey, on Sunday. Someone's like, "Hey, is this like cramming for an exam?" And he said, "Yeah, twenty exams." <laughs> okay. And he was kind of just like, "Yeah, nobody was calling me." Yeah, that's that and, would like, struck me. It like, kind of, he didn't exude confidence. No. And the funny thing was, like, the last I remember of Matt Barkley was when he was in college. And he was the picture of confidence. Yeah. He was the king on USC's campus. He was he was it. You know, he was the quarterback for USC. I mean, 
He was the golden boy. The NFL hit and him hard. Yeah, he <laughs> he is now a bit of a a shell of that version of Matt Barkley. And so, God forbid he have to go in on Sunday. Who knows what that will look like, but it's looking like it's going to be Peterman. And it's I found it weird. The report came out Tuesday afternoon from Adam Schefter that Peterman will likely start as Anderson has a concussion. And all week, Sean McDermott hasn't confirmed, confirmed that. Yeah. Which, I, he doesn't need to confirm Adam Schefter's reporting, but the fact that he's not... He, He's just holding out hope yeah. that Derek Anderson can clear concussion protocol in time. Mm-hmm. I that can't do that can't help Nathan Peterman's psyche. I mean, I which is already probably damaged. See, it's Peterman is just God. What a what a psychological study this would be. I mean, I think both of us were kind of asking questions to try and get into it a little bit uh, yesterday to Peterman, and he's just like he, he just won't even go there. It's just. He's got this wall up inside his his mind where he just doesn't even allow all the negativity, the poor play, to really harp on him. And that's one of the most compelling things about this whole Peterman story, that despite these historically bad numbers that he has in almost every single appearance that, that he has uh, played in for the Buffalo Bills, he's still just, you know... Nate Peterman. <laughs> Inside, I'm sure he's, you know, there's a mental struggle going yeah, on definitely. there. It would be impossible for there not to be. It's just a weird situation because guys like that usually don't get multi- multiple cracks at it. And here he is getting another crack at it. He's never started and finished a game in the NFL. And pretty much every time he's been on the field, it's been really bad. And I mean, to his credit, he was up there for like 13 minutes, which yeah. is somewhat long for a non-Sean McDermott press conference. And he just kept answering the questions. And like you said, he wasn't really given much, but he was up there. And I mean, it's a, it's definitely an interesting scenario. I know a lot of people will say, why is this guy still on the team? Or talk about how badly you know they screwed things up, the fact that he has to play. There is some element of bad luck involved here that Peterman has to Definitely. go back out there. And he's had some bad luck on the field. He's also obviously not very good. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. He's one of those guys that at this point when I watch him, I I almost like feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. because you just don't know what bad thing is going to happen next. And Or if there might be, like sometimes good things happen and you're like, well, wait, wait a minute. Right. Is everything I have known to be false? I mean, that drive he had with the, the Zay Jones touchdown was probably the best passing drive a Bills quarterback has had this season. Yes. and Which is why it makes this game somewhat tolerable. And what if he... Imagine that, if he bounced back. Yeah. I've thought about it. I really have. It wouldn't erase what he's done, and it wouldn't make him... Uh, it wouldn't really change the long-term outlook of him, you know, but on you, this team. You also have to think, like, he's been so bad every single time that there almost has to be an aggression to I mean, Forget regression. This it has, Like, sometimes it, it just kind of has to equal up because odds are he is not as terrible as every stat would indicate. He's not good, probably bad, 
But odds are he's not the worst quarterback ever. Maybe he is. He Who knows? Be. He could be. He's on but pace. But it's a pretty small sample size. Right, exactly. And some of the interceptions have been kind of weird. I mean, we broke down the the pick six against Houston and how that wasn't entirely his fault. Now he's coming into a game plan where maybe Brian Dable will tailor it a little bit more for him. I mean, I asked him a question. I probably didn't phrase it perfectly, but essentially what I asked him was, do you feel on some level like, what the hell do I have to lose? (laughs) Because I think if I were Nathan Peterman, that would be how I would psych myself out into, you know, being somewhat confident in this game. I would be like, you know what? For crying out loud, here I am starting again. Mm-hmm. I, I just I just won't go away. I, th- this just keeps happening at this point. I might as well just go out there and lean into it and just see what happens. Just really, <laughs> you know, go for it. Because what the hell do you have to lose? I mean, people aren't going to make fun of you any worse. Right. You've already, you know, you've already been the, the national punchline and you've already been ridiculed beyond belief your confidence probably can't get a whole lot lower. And so what do you have to lose? You know, go out there and block it all out and see what happens. If you throw a bunch of interceptions again, well, wouldn't be the first time you've done that. (laughs) You've done that before. Uh, I think there on some level is something to be said for, I mean, you know, he, as he said, you know, football doesn't define him and all this. I mean, you have to detach yourself from the results on some level and just say, I mean, I've got a shot here. Because if he shows anything, we know Sean McDermott loves him mm-hmm. and is looking for a reason to keep him around. Mm-hmm. If he shows even a, a flashes of, of being, you know, of turning a corner, that could be huge. So the bar is set low here. I, I don't, I think there's, at first, after Houston happened, I thought, mentally this guy's shot you like you can't throw him back out there but now it's like well things have gotten so bad that would be my advice to him is just go out there like you don't have anything to lose because you don't right people would say oh he has his job to lose he's probably going to lose that at the end of the year anyways unless he goes out and does something now you have an opportunity to go out and do something which only happened because they're forced to put you in there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and because they've shown an unreasonable amount of faith in you. So you might as well go give it the old college try. Yeah, right. And otherwise you're going to be like Matt Barkley. <laughs> I know. Waiting for the phone to ring. I, that, I'm that i glad you, <laughs> you brought that up again because when he was asked, uh, so so have you been uh, on a bunch of visits? And it, it's almost like he looked down at the floor and was like, no, no. That this was this was the only one. It's like, oh my god! I just like, oh, that was depressing. Yeah, this guy, twenty thirteen. He was he was it. He would, in some bizarre world, he would be the Buffalo Bills quarterback in two thousand thirteen on. They, they he was on the short list of guys that they were considering that that fateful year that they ended up going with EJ Manuel. What would have been worse, EJ Manuel or Matt Barkley? Well, EJ Manuel because Matt Barkley wouldn't have required a first round pick. What was he was like a he was a fourth. A fourth. However, EJ might not have required a first round pick either. That, that's probably true. <laughs> 
But getting Matt Barkley in the fourth would have been a better deal. If they were both picked 16, oh, man. Yeah, if they were both picked 16, what is the worst fate? Is it EJ, who gets benched after his first season, what, what was it, two games? Or four. Is Four, sorry. Is it Matt Barkley? What's what's worse? That's that's like asking <laughs> what's worse, Nick Mullins or Blaine Gabbert? God. <laughs> the Nick Mullins streak is in. Just, He's starting tonight on Thursday night football. And here's what you should do. You should stack Nick Mullins with Matt Barkley. Stack Nick Mullins with in two QB leagues. With the Raiders defense. That's the stack I'm recommending. I think there's it's going to be a wild game, and I think there's going to be some turnovers, but I think Nick Mullins has some magic in that arm. Wait, the Niners and the Raiders are playing tonight? They sure are. Oh, well, that means, as long as it's not a tie, that the Bills, if they lose, will move up another draft spot. There you week. go. So how about that? How about that? Learning something. And if Nick Mullins has his way, the Niners will be moving down the draft order. <laughs> And all of the listeners will be getting rich. All right. Well, <laughs> let's let's quickly get back to Peterman because, in in some bizarre way, I feel like he's going to surprise some people this this week. Not maybe not like, oh, he's going to lead them to victory, but I think the expectations from fans are that he's going to come in there and throw six interceptions or, at the very least, four. Because that's, at this point, his, his career arc and what he's, he's done. But there's something about Nathan Peterman and low expectations. Because when he's in the preseason, he's, he's zooming, man. Like, he's actually good in the preseason. And it's because that, that, uh, that pressure is not there. I wonder if, just to your point, he's, at this point, with everything having gone as horribly as it could have for him. I mean, he comes in there, it's this redemption drive, throws a touchdown, puts the Bills ahead, then goes in and throws an interception for a touchdown to give the Texans the lead, and then comes back in and throws it across his body that goes through LaShawn McCoy's hands and into the, the hands of a defender. I mean, it, it couldn't have possibly gone worse because not only did he have the interception reputation, he then built the fans up to where it's like, oh, maybe he's not that bad. And then he ripped it right back out with a couple of picks. So quite literally, there are no expectations of being good. There is no expectation. There's no probably no pressure on him because at this point, how could it get any worse? So I wonder if maybe this is one, and it's at home. I wonder if it's maybe one of those weird games where it's like first half against the Colts last year in the snow game, or in the second half against the Saints last year when he actually looked like a tolerable quarterback. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm kind of expecting things to get weird on Sunday. Against the, I, I, think, I don't really think the Bears are really that good, to I be honest. I think the thing that, you know, the difference between the preseason and the... He's very confused by what defenses do to him. And that's a young quarterback thing yeah. in general. 
and that's why I think the preseason is a little bit easier for him. Defenses aren't playing quite the same. Yeah, and, fair. Uh, the way he reacts to pressure, the way he senses pressure, he doesn't pick it up well, and that's, I think, what plagues him. But there is still a game plan you can put in place for a guy like this. You can You can still manage the game. And I think the big thing that'll help is if Khalil Mack doesn't play. Mm-hmm. The idea of Khalil Mack against Nathan Peterman is a pretty terrifying one if you're a Bills fan, and if you're Nathan Peterman for that matter, or any one of Nathan Peterman's loved ones, because Khalil Mack was scary at the beginning of the year before he had that ankle injury. So if he's in there and he's firing, then you know this Bears defense has a shot to really um, – confuse him and knock him off his game i think what's interesting most about this game for me is terrell Pryor. yes because i I think he's pretty good i do too he's a he's a he's a different kind of guy Mm -hmm. um he's 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 not like anyone they have in the locker room he's confident he's ruffled some feathers in, in past stops um he seems to be a lightning rod for criticism, whether it's, I mean, he got, he had to withdraw from Ohio State over the whole tattoo scandal where he was getting improper benefits, kind of just silly. I mean, signing some autographs to, you know, help his mom out. He came from a pretty rough background. And then he's in the NFL, and even when he had that 1,000-yard season, you know, Pac-Man Jones had the whole deal after that one game where he grabbed the garbage can, and he's like, where's Terrell? I'm looking for Terrell. He's garbage. He's garbage. And every question, he just kept yelling at reporters that Terrell Pryor was garbage. He had Janoris Jenkins calling him out on Twitter. I mean, he's had former teammates call him out. He had the whole incident with DJ Swearinger at uh, Redskins camp this summer when he jumped at him and Pryor flinched. He's been labeled soft despite the fact that he played through a pretty gnarly ankle injury last year. And oddly, the Browns didn't give him a contract after he had that 1,000-yard season. So he's had a strange, strange career, mm-hmm. not to mention the fact that he started out as a quarterback mm-hmm. and kind of had to rebuild himself halfway through his career. But I think he's pretty good. I think in a couple weeks, he could be their number one wide receiver. And I think even on Sunday, he has a chance to make some plays. I think he will get over 50% of snaps on Sunday. I, I really think so. do. I think he'll potentially lead the team in receiving yardage. I think he's the type of guy who could break a big play, throw him in the slot, let him get open, and, you know, he's tall, he's fast. I I think he's the most talented receiver they have in the room. See, I wonder if, you know, they, they might not be able to put him in the slot this early on just because – you you can only teach him one position at this point, and I would have to think it's it's uh, probably on the outside. So for him, I mean, just watching him in practice, the difference in watching him do routes versus air versus Kelvin Benjamin is like, what do I want here? It's like a freshly oiled Mustang that uh, that you know just hums right along and and you know makes these cuts effortlessly or makes these turns effortlessly whereas Kelvin Benjamin's kind of the uh the rickety minivan <laughs> it's kind of like it's, it's the difference between watching Terrell Pryor run routes and watching Rodak run routes oh 
Yes. Perhaps. Yeah. It similar. It's uh I mean he he looks impressive out there. He just looks confident. Rodak just yeah. poked his awkward ass into the He's podcasting room. It's because where he is not welcome. No, certainly not. Every single time well we didn't today, which was probably our mistake. We usually say, um, Hey Rodak, uh don't come in here. Don't don't come into the podcasting room and Every day, since he, he's a child, he needs to be reminded he each obeys. And every week, and and so he listens to us through the door. He's probably got his ear up to the door right now, but alas, here we are. So yes, Terrell Pryor is is probably the smoothest route runner that they have. You know, Zay Jones is has shown some progress, but you know, Terrell Pryor just kind of moves well it, it looks fluid for him whereas Zay Jones He's has to work a little athlete. bit harder I mean he was like a 4-4 guy as a quarterback I mean he was a super recruit he is 29 now though for what it, he for is what it's but worth. I mean he's still fast and he moves a lot better than some of these guys and he's he's a different dude I mean he's out here saying you know that he can ball and he's like, I'm, you know, we're going to make Nathan Peterman look good this week and all this stuff that's, you know, making people laugh on Twitter because, you know, Terrell Pryor probably doesn't have his mind fully wrapped around where he is right now because this is a really bad offense and a really bad quarterback situation. But mm-hmm. the confidence is kind of refreshing instead of the, you know, usual platitudes we get from Kelvin Benjamin. So, We'll see. I mean, maybe it's not a right away thing. Maybe he, you know, gets, um, you know, washed out of the game plan a little bit because he's not fully up to speed. But he sounds confident uh, that he knows the playbook and that he can handle. I mean, let's not forget, he's a former quarterback. So I would think digesting a playbook is a little bit easier for him than your normal receiver. And so I have some expectations for him. I would certainly include him in my stack with Matt Barkley <laughs> and Nick Mullins in the Raiders' defense. I mean, I think... Is Jeremiah Searle still uh, in there? Jeremiah Searle's low snap count last week, can't recommend. Not a recommended buy unless you're you're really throwing darts because I'm only recommending great buys here. And Nick Mullins, Matt Barkley, Terrell Pryor, all great values. And... I can't recommend them enough, really. Joe's recommending Nathan Peterman, not me. I'm recommending Matt Barkley. <laughs> I, I, I am really, I mean, for a while here, really the last two games, it's even though it was a Monday night game, I mean, we knew what was going to happen. And the Colts game, we had a pretty good idea that the Colts would maybe not blow them out by 32 points, but that the Bills would really struggle to move the ball. For the first time in a couple of weeks, the offense is, and I'm, I hate using this word because it's kind of a an, an, a lazy and overused word, but it's interesting because it really is interesting this week. When you have... Perhaps you're just easily entertained. I mean, in comparison to what they've been going out there with, I mean, Derek Anderson leading the offense for the last two weeks? I mean, now they have... Terrell Pryor, catching passes, potentially. Nathan Peterman, who is the last person to throw a touchdown Peterman pass for the Bills. Peterman is 4,000 on DraftKings. Is he lower than Nick Mullins? 
four thousand is the minimum. You can't go any lower. The Scoop them up. The other four thousand quarterbacks: Taysom Hill, Kevin Hogan, Joe Webb, oh Kyle God. Slaughter, oh my God, Joe David Webb. Fails, Drew Stanton. What is it? Trevor Simeon, Heineke. Oh, Heineke, yeah. And Robert Griffin. Mm. No, not Ryan Griffin. Ryan Griffin. No, because it's the Tampa Bay quarterback. Those are all the 4,000 quarterbacks, which means, is Matt Barkley even available? Also, what is what is interesting... Oh, and man, that's going to ruin our stack. Matt Barkley is not even available. Well, you can stack him in your normal uh, weekly fantasy leagues. I wonder how much prior... That's true. Yeah. You can add him on your waiver wire if he hasn't yep. been scooped up yep. just yet. Um, and it, for a fun fact that you might want to go and tell your buddies, the two players... Colton Schmidt, notwithstanding, the two players that the Bills added this week, both were quarterbacks at prominent colleges at the same time. And guess what? They played against each other in September, early September of 2009. And guess what? They both sucked. Yeah, they both threw for under 200 yards. And uh, I think Barkley completed over 50% of his passes. Prior did not. They, they Neither threw a touchdown. As Both I did pick. appreciate yesterday when somebody asked Pryor if he'd be ready if they threw him in at quarterback, he said, if I if they did that, you guys would run me out of town. I believe he said, didn't he say cut my throat? I, he, he may have, I, think I don't he, know. I think he, he was, did. But he did say that they would run me out of town, which is kind of a funny... Uh, He's like, that, that wind? I can't throw through that wind. Yeah, which good for I you for being self-aware. Uh, yeah, you guys would cut my throat. You would run me out of Buffalo. <laughs> I would not cut your throat. Tarot. No, no, that's that's. Nor sick- would I run you out of Buffalo. That's, that's, that's rude. sickening. Plus, he's like probably going to be a uh, a money media player <laughs> from here on out. He's a great talker. I, I know. I, and how about this? I mean, he's he was in the building for all of like four hours, and he was already spitting out one eleventh. Oh yeah. <laughs> He got some talking points, but yeah, he went he off script he pretty did. quickly. He did, especially underused. No. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. I can ball. I can flat out ball. You might want to call me a bullshitter, but I can ball. I was like, <laughs> well, I just met you. Why would I call you a bullshitter? <laughs> That's. I mean, it's very early on to, I mean, to say that right. about a person that you don't know. Bullshitter. I'm going to put you in. I'm going to recommend you as as a stack option. Terrell Pryor also not available on DraftKings. Stack Terrell Pryor with Email Nathan Peterman. DraftKings and correct this madness. We this all, injustice. We often do this in jest, but legitimately, I think Terrell Pryor will get some run on, on Sunday. Hey, this is how you win a million dollars on DraftKings. you got to pick weird guys. Terrell Pryor. Like Nick Mullins and <laughs> Terrell Pryor. If you want to win a million dollars, could it hurt to just try out Nathan Peterman? Just... Who else is going to pick him? Nobody. That's what I'm saying. Like, if he's four thousand bucks, you got a lot of money left. To if spend he if comes out and and chucks three touchdowns and no interceptions, and you're in business. You right. Have a shot. Right. Especially if you've stacked him with Terrell Pryor. <laughs> because what if he catches one of those touchdowns? What if he has all three? Nobody's putting Pryor in, right? Oh. Yeah. And if you win a million bucks, we've got a big chunk of advertising space to sell you on. Uh, podcast for about just a couple hundred thousand and <laughs> the cheap cheap deal <laughs> all right well um let's let's discuss this game because 
I think it's, you know, the Bears are favored by 10 points. And I actually think this matchup is a lot closer than, I guess, the bets are coming in at. And uh, really, There's a lot of money on the Bears. On the right Bears, now, yeah, because it started at 8.5 as road underdogs, and now it's at 10. And it, I, I think what really gives me the most reservations about this Bears team being able to come in and dominate the Bills is all to do with Mitchell Trubisky. And, I, you know, self-admitted, I'm not a Trubisky guy. I do not see the allure that a lot of people do. Um, and I think he is a really limited quarterback. I And I, I felt that way leading into the draft. And, and, you know, he hasn't really, in all the games that I've watched him in the NFL so far, I, he hasn't really done anything to defy those initial uh, feelings of, of what he is. And in my view from all the games that I've watched of him, when he's throwing between zero and, let's say, 12 yards, he's money. He's good. He's he's a really effective quarterback. When he has to charge it up and throw anything past that, man, it's scattershot. And it, it might he might complete a few. If he's chucking a ball deep down the sideline on an out route, or I'm sorry, on a fly route, it's you know his completion percentage is incredibly low in those in those instances which leads me to believe that there's a lot to his game that is predictable which is why Nagy has been such a good hire because they do a lot of smoke and mirrors like uh type stuff where they don't allow a defense to just set up shop in a very status quo sort of offense where there's a lot of RPOs there's there's uh there's read options where Trubisky sometimes will fake the handoff and then and then take it at run he'll he'll roll out and throw the ball 10 yards and there's there's all of these little things that that Nagy has been doing to set Trubisky up for success with what he can do well but at the end of the day he is limited and if you can pin him in and I think back to the way that, and not to say that Mitchell Trubisky is is the same type of talent as this player, but to think back into the day when the Bills were doing a lot of smoke and mirrors with Ryan Fitzpatrick and they got off to their hot start on offense. Then once teams really started to play them like 15 yards and in, it completely made the offense crumble and, I, and, and they couldn't do much of anything from that point forward. So to me, you know, Trubisky is a young player, not to say the light can't ever go on, but I just don't see the appeal in my mind. And for a team that has a defense that the Bills do, I think they can actually uh, get to him and frustrate him and, you know, take away all of that underneath stuff that, that he has been so accustomed to being there. So, I don't know. This is why I think this game could be a lot closer than, than uh, the 10 points uh, that, that's out there. Yeah, it's interesting because logically you think about the way they shut down Aaron Rodgers and the way they shut down Tom Brady for the most part, and you think they should be able to do the same, if not better, against Mitch Trubisky. The one thing that has seemed to give the Bills a little bit of trouble is good scheme. 
mm-hmm. and the Colts had some really good schemes for what the Bills do on defense. And Matt Nagy is a creative guy that yeah. might be able to scheme some guys open and you know make them pay a little bit in the middle of the field. If Tremaine Edmonds is out and Julian Stanford has to play, that's a pretty big gap yeah. in the Bills' defense. Yeah, I and agree. If they can't, they need to get the pressure, I think, is where it starts. Because when they don't get that, they're in trouble. Uh, and, you know, when they get the pressure with the front four, I think Trubisky will be in trouble. I think it, it's a game that I could see playing out like the Titans game. I think I that's agree. the path totally. to victory for them. But the problem is, you know, you need to get the turnovers. You need to knock the ball out and recover it. You need to pick off Trubisky. Uh, and that's when- the one thing I'll give him credit. He does not do that. He does not turn the ball over a ton. And that's why it's like this guy is probably going to be a starter in the league for like eight or nine years, even though he's just – and this is me projecting, but I think he probably has the career arc of like an Alex Smith where it's like, all right, you get that steady Eddie, but is he ever going to be the guy that push you over the edge? I'm, I'm not sure of that. And so that's why it's like, okay, well, if he's not going to turn the ball over, where, where are you going to win? And that's where the, the offense has to, has to bring it. So I agree. I, I think that like the same type of score feel as the Titans game is, is very much a possibility here. And the, the problem is a 10 point win is easier than it sounds because a couple of turnovers uh, or a defensive touchdown and this game could could blow open for yeah. the Bears, and so that's where I think things get a little bit, you know, hairy. If you're, you know, this isn't as much of a stone cold lock as a Nick Mullins, Terrell Pryor stack. You know, you can't, of course, don't bet the mortgage on uh, on the Bills covering this spread. But I do think they're going to be in this game, provided that Peterman can hang on to the football and. I don't know that they're going to score a ton of points. I mean, you're probably going to have to hold them, you know, under 14 mm-hmm. to, to win the game, which is a huge task for this defense on a short week after playing what amounts to their Super Bowl. Uh, Monday night football against the Patriots as a 14-point home dog. We saw how games can get, you know, kind of away from them at the end because the defense just can't hold up for too, too long. So I could see... I could see the Bills covering this spread and making it ugly just because Mitch Trubisky is he's he's the type of quarterback and this is the type of offense that in the past they've been able to frustrate and slow down without a whole lot of trouble. The thing is though the defense is a good one in Chicago. It's not great, but it's good. Mm-hmm. It's not as good without Khalil Mack, but provided, you know, they can make some plays, I just don't think, you know, I mean, Peterman is Peterman. So, you know, what can you, what else can you really say about him? Well, that that front seven for the Bears is really, really solid, even without Mac. I mean, Akeem Hicks from the from the five technique, like he's he's really stinking good, and he can just whip offensive linemen right off of him. I mean, it's it's very impressive watching him play. And then Leonard Floyd is is solid. I mean, he's a long bendy guy that can that can move pretty well and Roquan Smith is impressive Trevathan still plays really well uh, on the inside and they've got uh, Aaron Lynch starting for for Mac when when he's unable to play so they've got a good front seven I think that the place to to attack this uh this Bears defense is through the air and particularly um going after their 
slot cornerback Bryce Callahan because I think there there is some opportunity there, especially keeping Peterman in mind because, heck, you don't want him throwing it to the to the sidelines. That's for sure. You don't so, know what I want. I think, well, I mean, if you're a Bills fan or if you're a member of the Bills, if you're organization, a masochist. Yes, you want him throwing yes, it to if the you, sidelines. If you love chaos theory, then yes, that. But I think one thing he actually does well. He, I mean, when he can zoom it in over the middle of the field it's like well okay i see an eight because that's within his skill set and that's where i think the bills can really win a bit here uh, on the offensive side of the ball so it's going to be a struggle for them to run the ball behind this offensive line which has played very poorly over the last three weeks especially so it's (laughs) it's gonna have to be on peterman to uh if if they want to win this game I think he needs to be really impactful over the middle of the field. And, you know, he, he has shown in the past that he has been able to do it, but all he needs is that one time where he he trusts or he takes the bait of the Chicago defenders and he throws it to the boundary. And, like, even at practice today, I was telling you before the podcast started, Zay Jones did, like, an inside-out move, and he was running toward the sideline, and Peterman's placement of the ball was, like, so far behind and, and on on his inside hip and that is just pick six tutty central <laughs> right there um, but uh, you know if they if they limit him doing that a whole lot I think this thing could be close I really do yeah we I think it'll be ugly and close the way a lot of their games have been they, it's, it goes one way or the other. It's either ugly, really ugly and close, or it's just a teeth kicking mm-hmm. by the other team. So it could always go both ways when Peterman's in there. But I do get the feeling that this is going to be one of those games that goes back and forth. It's ugly. They've got just a, the absolute weapon of Colton Schmidt to flip the field back on the roster. Off Mild the tailgating scene. Font and <laughs> right, fresh out of the tailgates. Don't know if he was there on Monday night, but he was spotted tailgating uh, at a recent home game. So, yeah, I think they have a shot to keep it close, but I'm still picking the Bears to cover. I think You're picking the Bears to cover? Okay. I think there's enough that all it takes is a play or two from Peterman mm-hmm. for things to unravel. All it takes is him taking one hit and Matt Barkley's in there and things will really unravel. So it'll be interesting. It'll be mildly worth watching. Yeah, I agree. Or um, listening to on the radio <laughs> while you reel in a big fish. But <laughs> Did you see what he tweeted us? <laughs> he keeps tweeting us pictures of fish, which really just made did you re- Did you read the text uh, ahead of uh, ahead I did. Of that he, yes, uh, clocking the draft, Dan Kadar's clock on Twitter. Uh, played the podcast for his yet-to-be-born son. He played the, the dildo portion right, of Right, which was life advice directed right at his unborn son. <laughs> He's getting lessons before he even enters this world. It's really next-level stuff. Uh, all right. Only so, here on the Bills Beat Podcast. Right. So you have the Bears to both win and cover? Yeah, I'm going to say it's 17-6. to six. Okay. I am going to take the Bears to win um, because I... I, there's there's no way you could get me to pick the Bills to win with Nathan Peterman starting unless, until he proves that he can actually operate an offense for a 60-minute span or even a 30-minute span. Um, however, 
I think I'm going to take the Bills to cover. And it's mostly to do with the opponent and how that opponent matches up with this Bills team. The Bears, through the first day of practice, were without both Khalil Mack and Allen Robinson. Those are two really key players for them uh, on both sides of the ball. And I think the absence of Mack potentially could yield a uh, more time in the pocket to operate for Peterman, which is obviously good for him because he... Millie maker, as he, we like to call him. He, he, he wilts under pressure. We've, we've seen it. Um, and then on the offensive side of the ball, the wide receivers that the Bears have on the roster outside of Allen Robinson are not exactly endearing. I mean, they've got Taylor Gabriel. Um, they've got the rookie, Anthony Miller, who hasn't really done too much this year. Uh, who's the other one they have? Let me, let me find the name. Uh, they have Kevin White, who has done nothing. He gets like 40% of the snaps. Uh, Bellamy is another player that they have that, that gets some snaps. It, but it's, it's not Trey as Trey Burton's good. Trey Burton's a solid tight end. Um, and I like Tariq, Tariq, yeah, Tariq, Tariq Cohen. Cohen's really good, too. But other than, that, other than that, I think there's not a lot of explosiveness to this. And a lot of that is linked to Trubisky and, and what he has been unable to show so far. See how high that yeah. freaking deep ball well, was. It? Well, it's a hail mary. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, and that, it was complete. That's kind of what all his deep passes look like, though. <laughs> They're just kind of rainbow arcs. So anyway, I'm taking the Bills to beat the ten points. Um, I I won't lie. I did consider the notion that the Bills could win this game. Like, I I, I I'm too much of a coward to pick them, but. Everybody knows this at this point. How dare you? I don't think it's impossible. I really don't. And if it comes to pass that Nathan Peterman helps the Bills to a victory, you will not be able to erase the smile off of Sean McDermott's face after the game. The I told you so face. I told you guys he was he was good. Or he, You also he, won't be able to erase the smile off all the millionaires. Future millionaires listening to this podcast. That's what I'm saying. If if you are, quite literally, Nathan Peterman is the one quarterback in all of the fantasy realm that people will go, yep, nope, not doing that. I wonder how many people will own him on DraftKings. What if you're that guy? What if there's, there might be, what if it he might has be a single day? digits. What if he has a day? Somebody will do it because the people who win money on DraftKings yeah. are, enter hundreds of lineups. Just do and it. So there might be one where they're like, hey, maybe that guy will do something. Just like Nathan Peterman. How many times have you won the million dollars on, on, on these uh, daily fantasy sites? I mean, if you want it, I mean, good for you. But odds are... Yeah, what are you listening to this for? Yeah. <laughs> odds are you never have before. So just like Nathan Peterman. What the hell do you have to lose? Yeah. What do you have to lose? Screw it. That's all I got. <laughs> yeah, we've we've really uh, bled this topic dry. I think <laughs> this Nathan Peterman topic. We've got a we've we've got another Nathan Peterman extravaganza on Sunday, and, a and really re- nobody knows what to expect. And a real humdinger of an episode if Nathan Peterman actually wins. All right, so that's going to do it for us. Uh, we will next talk to you after the game on Sunday.
a one o'clock game again, which will be good because we won't be recording our podcast at you know two in the morning. So that that'll be that'll be nice. Get get home at a reasonable time. I think I ended up going to sleep at like four forty-five that uh, that morning. That was not great. Yeah, it was like five a.m. for myself. Yeah, yeah. so not, not ideal. Hopefully, so, the Bills never get good enough where they're in prime time games <laughs> every week like the Patriots because. I think even if the Bills were good, they wouldn't be in primetime games every right. week because they're probably not a big enough market right. unless they get, like, Packers good. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, those primetime games, they're, uh, they're something. I'm sure there's a lot of listeners out there who are fighting the uh, fighting the good fight on Tuesday morning after oh, yeah. tailgating all day. I'm and, sure. Uh, it's fun in the moment, but yeah, Tuesday comes quick. Yes, it sure does. All right, so normal schedule. And the Bills will be up against the Bears. We'll see if uh, they can snap this uh, current, was it three-game losing streak? Their three-game losing streak that they're on, and try and get to three and six. See what happens. For Matthew Fairburn of the Athletic, my name is Joe Biscalia. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we will talk to you on Sunday. See ya.